0: me today is a friend of the show, she Rachel.
1: Yes, without McYap. Oh, without Yap.
0: For the next while it's going to be the McBlankenfries Mac, show, I should actually just buy that URL. <laughs> um, as you know, we've been off the air for quite a long time, Gavin was busy with promoting his movie, Take Me to Dinner, uh, which is coming to Astro first on the 8th of May, get the plugs in early. Uncensored? I don't know, I, I think it'll probably be the same leaked version, I guess. Uh. Um, so Gavin's been busy with his movie. He's also got uh, pilots and things he's working on, and he's going to be travelling for the next while. So we're going to be opening the floor up for the co-host on McGam Fries. She ran, thankfully, jumped in to say hello this week. Uh, we might try and get a date cast going on. I've got at least one person, complete random stranger from the internet, lined up. Really? Uh, which you could be- do
1: when you get enough guest hosts, you could do like a Hunger Games type thing where mm. only one can survive.
0: I like that. I was thinking more like uh, the secretary from Murphy Brown or the drummer from Primal Scream. Not Primal, uh, Primal Scream. And... Oh. Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap.
2: Primal screen. I always get those two mixed up. I don't know why. They're not
1: even remotely connected.
0: So if you have a decent internet connection, a decent mic, and you don't live... Like, the connection to Ireland's okay for recording, we can try and test that. And maybe you can join us on Fries. So if you'd like to join the show, you can email us at podcast at Fries. Or you can use
1: the podcast p- at McYapp and Fries. The,
0: that's the only the only requirement is you repeat the email whenever we say it. That has to be said twice. Or you can get in touch via the Contact Us form on the website. Uh, we might be able to get Gavin on again soon at some point, but he's going to be busy till at least July, right. I believe.
1: Hell, you could Skype with him.
0: No, he's technically inept. That is true. He's, it's genetic, apparently. He's, yes. There's no treatment.
1: He knows less about machinery and computers than I do, and that's saying something.
0: Yeah, we tried it once and it wasn't the connection. It wasn't the shitty hotel Wi-Fi that was the problem. It was the shitty Imagine X Wi-Fi that was the problem. Right. It was, I think we got to the point where there was an actual 10-minute delay between me talking and him talking. That's not good. No. Not it, good for a podcast. No. It's like, what? What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> no. What movie?
1: <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound fun at all.
0: No, it was fucking terrible. So we'll jump straight off by jumping into the news. Uh, I just saw this last night, and this makes me quite happy. Steven Spielberg's doing the Big Friendly Giant.
1: Yes, he's doing the World Up. This might have made me
0: more happy twenty years ago. True. I mean, he's retained his solidity with regards to his output mostly. Yeah. But he hasn't like he hasn't been hitting it out of the park as much as he used to.
1: But I think one of the, thi- the two things that I think this will work. Number one, the screenwriter is Melissa Matheson, who wrote ET. Yeah. And Spielberg's problem in the last ten years is, no matter what movie he does, he tries to sort win an Oscar. Of, not just win an Oscar, but he always tries to tack on a happy ending, Ah. like he did that in *War of the Worlds*, *Minority Report*, etc., etc. Well, you know
0: that the kid in the BFG is going to be the, the product of a broken home, right? Because that's every fucking Spielberg. Since movie.
1: it's a broad, doll children's story, it has a happy ending anyway, so yep. he doesn't have to force it. So, and he's not
0: like what's I mean, *Crystal Skull* out of the way. What else has he done that's kind of kid-friendly?
1: Um. Well, he was a producer on Super 8.
0: Yeah, which and was he, just a, the, but that was just like a, a long slow blowjob for his cinematic. Yeah, career. for Ablin,
1: essentially. Yeah. So whether no, he hasn't done really a family friendly hook. Was that the last one?
0: That probably is. Yeah. Well, oh. I mean, 80 e- e- e counts, but that's fucking heartrending for kids.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Scene <laughs> the river, man. Scene <laughs> <laughs> the river. Why is he in the river, get him out of the river. Yeah. Well, E.T. is one of the few films that I wept openly
0: at. Oh, and I repeat, I continue to weep openly when I get to those scenes.
1: A, it's the same with Up. The eyes start to water a little bit at certain scenes, no matter how many times I watch that movie.
0: Oh, yeah. On today's show, we're actually going to be reviewing Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Snow- non spoiler. Non spoiler. Uh, we'll have a spoiler cast up later. We'll also be reviewing Snowpiercer, uh, the. Like I can always forget which book, Camboon win one? Wait, are you trying to say What's his a name? Korean name? I forgot his name. I've forgotten the actual three characters. So. I, I'm
1: gonna I'm not sure either. I'm gonna go with Hang Bon Ju. Yes, I think that's or it. Or Ju
2: Bon.
0: Yeah. And we'll also review uh Johnny Depp's Star Transcendence. Forgot about that. Bit of business in the beginning. There we go. But yeah, no, I mean the BFG I went through a big phase of Roll Dow Books as a kid. Right. And not so much the Witches, but the BFG, uh Charlie the Chocolate Factory, the Twits. The Twits was regularly read to me as a child.
1: Danny Champion of the World? Uh, I never really got into that really? one. Really? I love that one. The I, movie I mean, is great, too. With, with Jeremy Irons.
0: Yeah, I kind of just, I think I must have been a dark child because I just read the Twits over and over again. Like, seeing them being horrible to people and then getting their horrible, horrible comeuppance. Right. And, like, putting glue on trees to capture birds and put them in pies.
1: Well, Roald doll was it. A- I mean, like his—you know—he's a dark motherfucker. Was there a deal a while ago to do his
0: life? Because the—that was my transition from kid books to grown-up books. Was reading *Going Slow*, *Going Solo*, and um, the other book you wrote that his autobiographical autobiographical ones? Uh Because he used to fly airplanes in World War Two. They did
1: do—I don't know if they adapted his autobiography, but they did do a biography on him tracking him and the relationship he had with his son
0: Oh right. because
1: he apparently was a big supporter of the British Empire and serving England so his son volunteered to join the army for World War One, mm. and when the son was one, one or two
0: no it wouldn't be that it must be two
1: and then when the son was killed mm. that completely sort of like sent him in a tailspin and then he became a different writer after
0: that yeah I mean he used to write for Tales of the Unexpected which always freaked me out but really? he wrote for that as well yeah, yeah you know
1: like a TV show uh, I've heard of it. I've never seen it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, always, it was always, always as a kid, you'd always see the opening, it's like right side of the bed. And uh, <laughs> it was always this weird kind of kaleidoscope dancing and this kind of weird music. It always sticks in your head. It's one of those shows that sticks in your head. It's, some of them are supposed to be good, but it was like Sapphire and Steel, but not so quite recurring characters. Right. Right. But yeah, I mean, I wonder how they'll achieve it and whether it'll be live action CGI or what he's going to do. Well, with. after
1: Tintin, uh, maybe he wants to do it as a... Mocap. Mocap animation work. I mean, uh, but a, that's the next film he's doing. He's the for, before that he's going. To, he's working on a Cold War thriller
0: with uh, Tom Hanks. Hanks. That's the Oscar one. Yeah. He's like, if I get Tom Hanks involved, well, we gotta get like, yeah. Oscar the
1: But does he really want another? He's already got one, like two or three. Like that's enough, right?
0: I guess. Yeah, it's, it's something about like it's the uh, it's negotiating over the U two spy plane. But it's currently untitled, right?
1: Yeah, no title yet. Yeah. Which I mean
0: could just end up being um, Argo two.
1: Might be. I mean I think it's nice, we're we're kind of at the stage now where, you know, I remember the Cold War films that I watched growing up tended to be, you know, action movies. Rambo, yeah. you know, Russia is the evil empire. But now we're getting we, we, we get sort of like the more nuanced more nuanced politically, socially responsible the uh, Cold War thriller. So I uh, will check it out.
0: Cool. Uh well there's a lot of X Men news. I mean there's been the trailers for the X Men Days of Future Past, which still looks cool, so have, far. Yeah, it
1: looks cool. I've avoided most of I've seen the trailers, I've avoided all the TV spots and the clips and all
0: that. Bishop and Gavin have kind of come around to a rule. It's like two trailers and that's, we're out.
1: Yeah, that's probably best.
0: After that, they start showing shit you don't want to see.
1: Or stuff that spoils twists in the fucking movie. Exactly. Um,
0: the trailers for this have been good, good and everything. They did that thing, I think, I thought they did more but I looked it up it was only MTV that had a battle scene of it. Like, the other thing I hate is, like, I think they put the first five, ten minutes of yeah. Spider-Man 2 online.
1: Same with Captain America.
0: Yeah. I fucking hate that. Really? I, I'm like, I want to see the film in the cinema. Right. I don't want to see the first 10 minutes. See,
1: I would actually prefer that to a trailer. If, if it was, I mean, I think 10 minutes is a bit crazy. But if they did like, if they sh- if the only trailer was like a three or four minute, the, the first three or four minutes of the movie, and they do it in such a way that that hooks you in and go, okay, I got to watch that fucking movie. Mm. I would almost prefer that because trailers, again, they give away, the, they, they, they almost scan through the entire film. So if you know, they're done, it's done badly. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, so it's, I kind of there's like There's the an art to it. I kind of like the idea of just releasing the first three minutes and there's enough in there that it hooks the audience in because then you don't give away anything for the next two hours.
0: Have you seen, so the tie-ins are starting as well. I think it's Carl's Jr. has uh, the Happy Meal kind of style toys. They look like ass. Like Magneto is just like, it's just a really red and black kind of completely stiff figure that's about this big. Okay. And looks horrible. But what's even worse are the tie-in ads. They have Quicksilver and Mystique eating burgers What? and Quicksilver is sitting there and uh, eating the Western bacon chi I believe it is and the bacon falls out of it and he's doing this whole kind of fast eating and then going over and getting a dairy, a dairy made off someone walking by in the studio and then zipping back and then catching the bacon again and while it might have seen a cool idea, every time he's in normal speed he seems to be caught doing a goofy fucking face. And he's got that silver gray hair. and It's long. I think both, both this and the Avengers are going with long-haired Quicksilver. Yeah. I'm more used to like slick back short-haired Quicksilver, right. uh, Quicksilver. That's the one I know from like the the original Ultimates and stuff like that.
1: Right, right, right. I don't
0: uh, – So he's, and he's got fucking goggles. I mean maybe the goggles make sense if he's running fast. But like it's not the Quicksilver I know.
1: Also, I don't know if you want the introduction of your character to be in a –
0: a shitty commercial.
1: A shitty commercial for a burger.
0: And they have Mystique and it's not Jennifer Lawrence and the burger is so big she has to turn into a giant fucking jock to eat it. Oh Jesus. They are the possibly the worst times I've ever seen.
1: Speaking of good commercials though, they're doing a Nike, the latest Nike FIFA commercial. Oh? Has, uh, basically it's these kids playing football and as you go into their imagination and their imagination is like you know, I'm Ronaldo, I'm this guy, that guy. And then one of them says, I'm the Hulk. And he turns into the Hulk as the goalkeeper. Oh, I, did
0: see, I saw a screen cap, but I didn't see the whole thing. Good?
1: Yeah, that was quite fun. That was quite fun. I mean, I like that where it's used as a gag. But, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you. Like, the idea of it, I mean, because nobody knows who Quicksilver is. Yeah. So the first impression you're giving is a shitty commercial for burgers. It I don't reeks think of right.
0: mid-1990s advertising. Like getting the Jurassic Park Cup or yes. whatever like that. That's the, when they used to do. Don't yeah. do that so much. The movie's going to take this a bit more seriously. Yeah. There was they, still,
1: they still do it kind of badly. I mean, because I think every big budget Hollywood movie now has some sort of like fast food tie-in. And sometimes it just doesn't work. No. Like Hunger Games. Yeah had a tie-in Subway. I mean, you can't tie in a sandwich yeah. to a movie about people starving the, to death. the, the
0: systematic starvation <laughs> of entire districts and the pillaging of their young to fight each other to the death.
1: But here, have the Subway Hunger Games Yes, sandwich, It's ridiculous.
0: It comes with fiery uh, Mockingjay sauce. Right. And every but time they serve it to you, it's...
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. Although, I think it was funny um, when they did uh, uh, tie-ins for Batman Returns. You've been listening reading. to the Fat Man and Batman
0: yeah, podcast, and, then and, then the and like you know, they get, get
1: horrible penguin toy, <laughs> and the kids would be crying because they go in expecting like a kid's movie, and then it's you know Batman Returns is dark and twisted and fucked up,
0: it's dark as fuck. It's like why is the penguin it's man like, drowning and escorted by penguins? Why is he
1: eating a fish line?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's another cool one that came out I think after, or just before the Winter Soldier, which wasn't too uh, e- e- egregious. It was the kids. Did you see that for the car? where it starts and it's the Captain America trailer but all done with kids. And the main guy, the kid playing Captain America looks like the Milky Bar kid, like long blonde fringe glasses. Right. Uh-huh. And it's like, he's jumping out of the plane and as he jumps out, like they're talking about what do you do on the weekend? He's like, oh, I got to do my homework. And then he jumps out of the plane and the guy goes, did he just jump out of the plane? Without a Instead of asking, did he jump out of the plane without a parachute?" he's like, does he have his glasses on over his helmet?
2: Because
0: <laughs> he put on the cap helmet and he has the glasses on and it cuts to him flying. That's nice. And it shows them like, you know, he does this, the, the scene with, uh, Nick Fury is like you know I got to keep my eyes on the world it's like shouldn't that be I it's like shut up <laughs> and then it cuts to the scene where he jumps out of the observatory and throws the, the shield and the winter soldier catches it and then it cuts to like honey and then it cuts to real life in a car park and there's a kid just holding a frisbee like this <laughs> and he's like uh, jumps in the back of this big fucking sports yeah. utility vehicle that the ads for and he's like, right. like what'd you do today honey and he's like save the world mom <laughs> Nice. So that's Marvel's kind of good cool. at that.
1: They did one with uh, when Thor came, Thor Two came out, where it was Loki talking to kids. Mm. Those were quite funny.
0: And he was like, and they're like, "Who's your favorite character?" Like Thor is like, "Really?" There's <laughs> <Yeah, no. laughs> a lot of very. Again, they, they, they're managing their, their stuff well, but it's, yeah. you got to have someone. That's just a quick tie-in. It ends bad. Well, again, it?
1: I think because Marvel is all in-house under one roof, so I think they're quite conscious of we can have fun with it, but let's not sort of ruin the characters with the merchandising tie Yeah. Whereas I think uh, uh, all these other things, which are under Sony and under Warner's, it's much more. And I'm I think sure the marketing department doesn't even talk to the comic department. Yeah. It's like. Which is a pity. Yeah. They could come up with something so much better.
0: Uh, but the, the Quick guy is the guy who plays Quick in the movie, I think, and he looks just retarded. Yeah, Evan, Evan Peters. Yeah. So the Who's fact that on? Jennifer Lawrence is like, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. It's a big <laughs> fucking size. Like, that's not my contract. I'm not doing that. I'm yeah. fucking Oscar winning, motherfucker. Step yeah. off.
1: Yeah. But yeah, no, X Men does look pretty cool. Although, We're, you have Professor X walking in the trailer and you wonder, how's that gonna happen?
0: Isn't he, he was in a wheelchair at the end of Wolverine, right? The Wolverine.
1: But, but it was old Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Not,
0: not... Um, future Patrick
1: Stewart. No, no, that was future Patrick, was it? I don't know.
0: There's a mix, he's walking... Because he was
1: in the black outfit there's, that's in the trailer. It, he's picture. got a
0: futuristic chair, but there's also, some of it's walking, but I reckon some of it's inside his mind. Inside the future mind, because there. the you have the two of them talking. Because right. The second trailer for it kind of gave a few more things away. Um,
1: or, I mean, Magneto could just remove the bullet. Yeah. and Yeah, you can walk again.
0: I mean, he did it when he was Zorn. He yeah. made him walk, right? True.
1: And th- that's always been a problem with Professor X in the X-Men movies. It's sort of, he's in the He's fixed. Show. He's
0: not fixed. He's fixed. He's not fixed. And
1: it's just sort of like, how do you get him involved in the right action? Right now, he's reasons?
0: a massive dickhead, right? No one likes him. He's dead or something. He's dead. In yeah. the comics, he's dead. <laughs> he's dead, yeah. It's like, I felt the whole point. I mean, it's nice to see them moving on. Yeah. Related to this though, there's been, it's always when your movie's going to be released, someone's going to launch a lawsuit. Bryan Singer's getting a lot of, uh, he's, he's basically removed himself from any promotion from the movie, right? For now. For now. Uh, because he's been sued by a guy, who's, he's in his 20s now, but he's 19 at the time. the well, so he's not 19, he was underage. Oh, was underage, was he?
1: Yeah, I think the age of consent is what, 16 or 18. He was like a year or two under the age of consent. It's just when he claims all this happened.
0: Yeah, so Brian Singer is gay, anyway. Yes. And uh, I read an article about this saying how they do, you know, he's also supposed to be ridiculously shy. So he does have friends who, you know, will find friends for him to meet up. Because it's also hard to meet up people when you're well known yeah. in Hollywood, especially. You can get hassles and you can get hangers on and people who just want to get something out of you. So apparently there is this of parties and things that people go to. And uh, most of them are supposed to be all consensual. It's just people hanging out and get to know each other and stuff like that. But there is that whole power structure in Hollywood of the producers, directors, and these young Hollywood hopefuls. And this guy's saying he's essentially coerced into having sex with, with him, I think. Yeah. For the promise of being yeah, in a movie I or something, or being none a not just that.
1: I mean, what I read, they're making like uh, accusations of rape. Like, like Brian Singer physically forced himself
0: on it. And there were drugs involved, supposedly as yeah. well. Of course, also. it's all alleged. Nothing's been proven. Nothing's been proven. It's just what's in the air, right? But it's you know, if it's all proven to be wrong, then it's just another thing of like it's don't. It's really nasty when you're about to release a movie. Basically, everyone crawls out of the fucking woodwork to get you. Yeah. But, uh, so, if
1: he's innocent, I feel bad for the guy. If he's guilty, fuck it. If
0: he's guilty, it'll destroy his life. Yeah.
1: Why not ever work again? Well, Polanski still works.
0: Yeah, in France.
1: <laughs> Alright, so, <laughs> the next few X-Men movies will be set in Europe. And I've, like. and I've
0: slowly come around to, I don't care how good his movie's going to be. I actually know whether whatever the actual details of it were. He ran from the law. Polanski. Yeah, he, yeah. he, he skipped town. No, I
1: mean I think you can detest him as a human being. Mm. I mean there was a great documentary they did about it called uh, Roman Polanski Wanted and Desired, mm. where they don't really justify it, but they just said yes he did all this stuff, but at the same time the authorities were out to get him and make an example out of him. Mm. Uh, so you can, dis- but you can despise Polanski as a person. I mean he did you know drug a thirteen year old girl and fuck her in the ass, mm. but
0: she's she fine with it now apparently.
1: Yeah, but but, I mean, yeah. Now. But at the same time, he did Chinatown. He directed Chinatown. And that's a great movie, whether he's an asshole or not.
0: Yeah, I guess so. So we'll see what happens. I mean, X-Men's out soon, right?
1: Uh, June, July, somewhere around
2: there? Spider-Man's
1: next week, and then I think X-Men is after that, and then Guardians of the Galaxy is after that, in August.
0: Hmm. Speaking of release dates, so we've got the Batman, Superman, Captain America three are heading up against <laughs> each other. It's like Marvel's like <laughs> fuck you.
1: Like, Again, it was a two hundred eighty five million or something over weekend. I think Captain America. Well, something Captain about? America is now a huge. So I think it's, I think it's going to be the biggest grossing film. that's not an Iron Man. Like it's Avengers, then it's the three Iron Man movies, and then Captain America Winter Soldier is going to be. The
0: I was looking something up a while ago. You know, Iron Man three is the highest grossing movie in Malaysia of all time. Really? Yeah. Malaysians fucking love Iron Man. Hmm. I think it was 13 million or something like that was the overall box office sport. Because um, I, I think Joe Blow now have Malaysian stats on there. Right. So I was just looking at that and I was like, that's interesting. Yeah, that's pretty
1: interesting. Mm. Well, Malaysia has always been like a place where people are quite okay with the geekiness.
2: Hmm.
0: And also it's nice and cool in there.
1: This what? It's
0: nice and cool in the cinema. Yes. Like, yes I mean, there's a, for so two very different countries, Ireland and Malaysia are, and similar in so many different ways. Like I think Ireland is one of the highest per capita go, cinema going rates in Europe. Because the weather is fucking miserable. Right here, it's the opposite. The weather is fucking too hot, so people come to the center to yeah, get away it. from it. Yeah, um, but yeah, they just respond to things well, apparently. Both audiences they like yeah. that, they'll try new things.
1: And that seems to be what Mar- Marvel seems to be, uh, uh, improving by leaps and bounds internationally, mm. like because it used to be 80% US, 20% world, or something and now, that. And it's, now switched.
0: it's switched completely. And I mean, they're releasing every Marvel movie comes out here a week, if not two, before the US,
1: right? To cut down on piracy, I'm sure. That yeah. works for me.
0: Um, I can just like spoil my American friends. Like, this is for all those Game of Thrones spoilers, you assholes! <laughs> 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 yeah,
1: email your American friends. Every, so, should... mo- every,
0: every Monday morning, it's like, like, just plug out Twitter, just like, like, shut the laptop down, put on blindfold and sit in a dark room until it's off right. on American TV, because there will just be someone spoiling somewhere. Of course, of course. But yeah, so, but the, the release date thing, so, they're going head to head. Now they're going to see who's going to blink. Somebody's going to blink. I mean,. The last couple of years, we've had huge movements in cinema releases. Like people move things all the fucking time yeah. these days. So, I mean, this is 2016, right? 15, 16? 16. 16. 15 16. is
1: Avengers 2, and then Cap 3
0: yeah. And the untitled Batman vs. Superman, a.k.a. Superman vs. Batman, a.k.a. just the fucking Justice League at this yes. point.
1: I think if they do release it, uh, definitely uh, Superman Batman will, I think, win the weekend. You think? I think it will. But, at what cost because I mean they're gonna cannibalize each other's party. yeah they're, they're, and I think Marvel can afford to throw a movie away right now a lot more than DC can afford to throw a movie away
0: right now but I mean the Avengers was huge I mean they built up that brand so big DC are just relying on the the, the long histories of the projects that the people have memories of before but the Man of Steel did not do the huge amount of money that the Marvel's movie did it, and it left a of bad taste in a lot of the fans mouths because of all the murder and stuff yeah so I don't know, and the way they're they're padding this out just seems to be. It's like it's, like, it's bad enough when you've got two or three villains, but uh, you were saying they just cast. They, they, they there was more casting cast this somebody week.
1: as Cyborg. Right, who's and that? Uh, his name is. not up because you said you had it.
0: <laughs> no, I said I don't have it. I just said it was new. Ray Fisher. Ray Fisher. Unknown
1: and actor, but no. they've cast him as Cyborg, and the rumor is that Jason Momoa is in negotiations to play Aquaman
0: he would be interesting as Aquaman a big motherfucker. Yeah. Wouldn't that never remind I mean when you ever see when you ever see Arthur being having to piss take out of him on Family Guy or um Robot Chicken, he's normally just a little weedy guy on an orange top. Yeah. But Momoa especially if he has a hook and a bleach blonde beard.
1: Yeah. Could work. And if you've seen uh, the Justice League animated series, Justice League Unlimited, mm. uh, they've reimagined Aquaman as like a barbarian. He's Conan, essentially. Yep. Under underwater Koenig. Well, there's was a long-haired one. Yeah, yeah and you know he had it. the he had the, the he had the, the hook as well. As yeah, the, in the cartoons. So if they're looking at the character that way, mm-hmm. you Drogo I think is a very good casting.
0: Cyborg's a bit weird though, because Cyborg visual aesthetic doesn't fit in with Batman Superman.
1: But Justice League, they they don't
2: really fit. I mean, yeah, I know, I know. But in Super cartoons team. that
0: works. But you know, fuck this is hundreds of tone is key yes. i mean we're talking we, you know, the avengers you've got these multiple characters working together and i think we were talking about separately how you know they're all completely different universes but they kind of just intersect in this one movie at a time or whatever right. or this one show. like when you watch earth's Mightiest avengers cartoon it is more cartoony and they kind of they uh, adapt the designs that yeah. way but um yeah i mean just having a robot guy with like half his face is robot he's like he's i mean in the yeah. character he's a big dude yeah
1: and the Teen titans cartoon is very anime i think
0: right? yeah now yeah. oh, Teen titans is completely anime yeah. but like he was in was he in just he was in uh young justice i watched all Did you watch young justice no i haven't seen any of i watched them. all of that it was badass I've i was heard like it was good, yeah. christ and did, oh did you see so the 75 years of batman has been celebrated for a while yeah with lame shorts did you see these uh
1: darwin cook did
0: one darwin cook did one so just take a note for this we'll put, we put the links up to them in the uh, in the uh, show notes but there's two of them the but one that always, Bru- Bruce Tim did one which is basically Solomon Grundy and Hugo Strange and old school 1920s Batman with really pointy ears yeah. and like but also very Bruce Tim style kind of just fighting over a lady like it's no did you see the 75 years of Superman trailer video thing they yeah, did, yeah, which yeah. which went through like these are like instead of that doing that they just do like a, a tiny short segment but they don't they don't really hang together as a short segment. Have you seen any of the DC Nation shorts they have?
1: I think I saw the Jonah Hex one.
0: Yeah, so they're just like the little small five-minute snippets. Like one, one is like it's in this, it's like it's a Batgirl, Wonder Woman, and someone else hanging out together, or maybe Hunter or something like that, hanging out together. And it's like a five-minute segment. It's, it's just kind of cool little fun things. Yeah. Like you know, there's one of Barbara bugging Wonder Woman. Can we borrow the Invisible plane? Barbara
1: it's like the Marvel one shots.
0: Yeah, they're just like, they just but they're cartoons, just little fun ones. Right. This just seems like you're coming in the middle of the adventure and you want to see the rest of it, and this is the least you know interesting part. The Darren Cook one is Batman Beyond. Only they're being attacked by. What is it? It's like who, who could find us here? It's like it's me and it's and it's Terry uh, not Terry but uh, Conway Kevin Conroy Kevin Conroy and I think it's Terry McGinnis. It's the, the you know the, the the they got the same character voices back for it. I think it's even Kevin, Kevin Conroy and uh, Bruce Timwood as well. But it just the, the, it just looks like a, a snippet from a Batman Beyond character Well, That's I mean,
1: from, who knows? I mean, they might be doing this throughout the whole year. By the end of it, each short might be covering a different section of time in the Batman they kind of did that a little bit at the
0: end of the Darren Cook one, because they're fighting robot animated Batman from the animated series, yeah. and, you know, Batman Beyond, Batman's having a bit of trouble with it, right. and it's like, well, I hope they don't send more, and then it just shows robot Adam West, robot Michael Keaton, <laughs>
2: robot, you know, it has all of the different iterations
0: there, and the, the style's kind of a weird, he's not like, doing like I'm going to kill you, I'm a robot, but uh, it, that, that's the only kind of tie-in. They're not really... Doing enough to show this is a seventy-five year thing,
1: right? Actually, okay, I guess this is a geeky podcast to talk about this. Yeah, um, I, there was a documentary they did about uh, sort of the history of DC, mm. and they got uh, panels from the books and they got actors to actually read out the the the, inter, the, the interior monologues mm-hmm. of you know various characters. The odd thing is, they got Adam West to do the reading from Dark Knight Returns. Wow! And. He basically erased all the cheesiness from his performance of Batman and just treated it like the old Bruce Wayne, and it was amazing. It was actually I thought his voice performance was better than Peter Weller as Bruce Wayne in the Batman Dark Returns, Returns uh, cartoon.
0: That was a weird one. The Dark Returns, I hasn't seen it yet, but uh, I watched it because it's just it was in the two parts as well. But it was also like the lack of the narrative, the lack of the interior monologue, kind yeah. of lost a bit, but also. It was, I mean, it's an older guy I get, but it just, it wasn't very talky. It wasn't talky enough, I felt. It was just kind of ponderous.
1: Yeah. I mean, I really liked it, but mm. I mean... I said liked it, but, but it just I just felt... I agree that you feel like something is missing. So, because so much of Frank Miller's writing is that This would be a good moment, death. But not good enough. Not good
2: enough.
0: Is that Batman documentary on YouTube or anything, or you saw... It uh,
1: I will... I think it was called dc superhero i'm not i'm really not sure i can find out and then can get back to you You
0: okay, we'll add that in if you can get a link to it but
1: I, going back to justice league i find that i mean the next movie is definitely they, they seem to be just doing justice league yeah. and i think that avengers is kind of easier to do because each one of these characters was kind of created at the same time mm. by the same people so they all had that very similar point of view
0: they hang out a lot in new york
1: new york and also you know it, every one of them has father issues i mean they, they do seem to slot into the same universe yeah whereas dc's pantheon of heroes was created by different people at different times
0: oh, then he started kind of cobbling together yeah. the universe and they've also messed theirs up completely numerous.
1: Yeah, yeah, because i think they're putting cyborg in because in the new 52 i believe cyborg is part of the justice league hmm. but i think that no matter how bad Man of Steel was, just the promise of Batman versus Superman. I mean, the trailer could be 30 seconds of a homeless man masturbating. <laughs> Batman versus Superman. Coming <laughs> 2016, <laughs> right. And every fanboy would be like, oh, that looks like shit, but I'll, I'll be there opening no, night. No, okay, it's
0: 30 seconds of a homeless man masturbating, and then it's one second of Ben Affleck going, did you miss me? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Still, every fanboy will see it yeah. opening night. So, no, but
0: and it's, it's, It feels like they're over the pudding. It could just be... It's bat, if it's going to be Batman versus Superman you got to have a lot of like in city, Batman sitting around saying like i got to get to Metropolis and a lot of Superman going like who's this guy who keeps leaving these bat fucking things <laughs> and, you know I, was like, I can't see this guy how is he fa-? there he is oh wait he's gone I can't what? Yeah. I mean um, I keep forgetting what show it was, it was some of the DC animated re- video releases they've done uh-huh. have been very forgettable Yeah. but it was one of them or else it's in Superman Birthright I can't remember the comic book might have be been a version of it or something but either way there's a scene where Batman and Superman first meet, and Batman's, Superman's totally like, "I'm taking you in." Right. Batman's like, "If you touch, I, I've done. I've done, my, I've done my research. Yeah, Clark. I think he doesn't. Call, I think he calls him Clark at the end or something like right. that. But I've done my research. Uh, if you your your body gives off a certain electric field because you're not from here, I've got a magnetic field around me. If you touch me, an innocent will die.
1: I'm not sure, but I think that might have actually been from the John Byrne run. Man of steel. Uh, yeah, Man of It Superman. might have been
0: Man of Steel because Man of Steel might have been on cheap when the ah. movie was coming out. Yeah. So and, and he pr- I at the end of that conversation after they've taken down the thing they're taking down yeah. he reveals that the innocent would have been himself. Yes. And yes. it's like
2: ha ha! You, you know, dumb Bat- shit! Yeah. Yeah. No, Batman
1: Superman is a great idea but I think I agree with you that I guess it depends on how the other characters fit. I mean if they're just sort of glorified cameos yeah. just to go this is the DC Universe and all these characters are here that might be okay but if they really try to shove the justice league into it yeah it might just you know fall apart under the weight of everything they have to do yep
0: yeah.
1: and you know Zack snyder is no matter what you think about him story and balancing characters is not his strong, really part, his strong suit part.
0: no so uh, see and you does. need to
1: be somebody like joss whedon who really understands story character and structure To balance out a team movie, so that everybody gets their moment, everybody... And the DC execs
0: are just like you know chewing on their fists. Like we want to get some of that Avengers money, but they're not willing to do the ballsy moves like Kevin Feige and the guys at Marvel Studios did, where they built it slowly. With Iron Man, no one expected anything. Right. The guy from Swingers is directing. Yeah. And then the Hulk. I mean, the Hulk is now near the bottom of the list, but not Hulk. The Incredible Incredible Hulk. But uh, when we watched that, that was still a great movie. Like at the time, it was like, you know, this is great.
1: Yeah. Now, at the time, compared to the Ang yeah. Lee abortion of a film, hmm. it was not bad. It was and it still, I
0: mean, that movie still stands because it stands because it's, it's still hooked yeah. into the Marvel C- uh, again, Iron
1: Man's in it. Yeah. Again, I think that's what the Mar- the Marvel Cinematic Universe does so well, is even when they stumble a bit on story, hmm. because they get the character and the tone so right most of the time, yeah. you're willing to forgive whatever glitches there are in the storytelling because you're just having so much fun. Yeah. And they're Whereas, fun movies. You know, DC's attempt at that with Green Lantern was just horrible, <laughs> just terrible. That was an awful movie. So
0: coming to speak of some trailers, uh, I, I think it's been it's been a while since that. So you might have might have seen it already. But the Teenage Ninja Turtle, Michael, the Bay, the Bay Turtles trailer came out there a while ago. It was in the hiatus. So uh, what did you think of that?
1: I think the turtles look creepy. With their noses. Yeah. They don't like, because like, I remember I saw a still online when somebody had digitally painted out the nose. Yes. And that looked really good. Yeah. But with the noses they just look creepy. They, they, they don't look cute. Yeah. So I mean the trailer is, it's actually quite
0: okay at building some suspense about it and they show the characters near the end. But like, they do have, like it's not the noses, not, like, the I think it's Kevin Easton, not Kevin Easton, the other one, Laird talked about Kevin how, Laird. it was a beak. They've got this, this the round beak or something is the, the way he phrases it. Like they do have this kind of a beak nose on them Whereas now they actually have a more humanoid nose with nostrils,
1: which I think may, might cross what he called the Uncanny Valley. I think that might that could make be something them to do yeah. too creepy. Yeah, but I, I don't know.
0: Because I mean, it was I cool to the point where they're showing like you know the fights on the subway. You don't know, quite see them some of that. I don't know how the fuck they get to the snowboarding shit. Because <laughs> I mean, they guy. didn't say, did, they, did they say Kabunga in that scene? Because I was yeah. waiting for. Because I think that's an element of the cheesiness they have to retain. Yeah, and it seems they're going the route that the heroes have to be made, not born. I mean. Right. I think if they change that origin, because the guys have come out, the guys who created it have come out and said like it is a homage to Daredevil. Yeah. Like it's supposed to be the same truck that blinded Matt Murdock, spilled some ooze down the drain, and that's what hit the turtles. So yeah. if they are genetically engineered monstrosities for whatever fucking reason, because April O'Neil's dad was involved, it's like yeah, why are you overcomplicating this
1: thing? It's
2: four words: Teenage Mutant Ninja <laughs> Turtles. But
1: then again, the problem is like if you're really trying to genetically modify animals to be the next great warrior, who would pick a turtle?
0: Yeah, it was like what they couldn't. All the puppies were not available. cute
1: kittens and rabbits. Well, Splinter's a rat, so. yeah,
0: I mean and even if there was like go for a snapping turtle yeah. There was ugly horrible little motherfuckers will just like bite your nose off Yeah,
1: although what I did the one moment I did like in the trailer was when one of the turtles goes to April No, don't freak out. It's, it's just, just a mask. mask and he just takes off the mask It's Michelangelo. Like it's still the turtle face and he's like see <laughs> yeah. I thought that was quite cute and I mean, it, I think that's the right tone. You need that comedic term for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You yeah. can't it's not, you know, a, you can't make it like that. Dark, too dark. I dark I and mean, gritty. I mean, unless
0: you go to the full comic book room, which which still had that element of weirdness, but they just went way dark. Yeah. It wasn't the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles that were on in the UK. Yeah. Um, but I do like the business they have going on with them having different equipment. Yeah. They all have like this, all these little kind of, although where they get fucking bamboo on the sewers, I have no idea. But there's always like bamboo little couturements on their armor yeah, some of different- Body yeah. armor yeah. stuff. It works quite well.
1: Yeah well i mean the original comic they all looked exactly the same yeah they had the, even the same that they, they all had the red mask yeah not even different colors so the only way you could tell the difference was what weapons they were holding
0: and at some point like was it donatello got like all cybered up with a robot arm and He did I, well, I, think I, think I think gavin has some of that but gavin got me assigned kevin eastman a book from comic-con one year because he was working with kevin wow. so it has some of the history of the stuff and like that so i think when like, they that went on and Raphael just went weird and. I think it was Michelangelo used to go around the coat. I can't remember. but are Raphael. Maybe it was Raphael as well. But yeah, let's just see. On to more serious before getting more ridiculous. Um, we mentioned, shows how often we've been doing these podcasts. I like, felt like it was only yesterday we talked about this movie yeah. and apparently it's ready to go. Uh, the Boyhood trailer.
1: That looked amazing.
2: For those Nick of you Leonard. who don't know. Richard Nickler. Yeah, Richard Langley. For those of you
1: don't, who don't know. Uh, basically, Richard Linklater, over the course of the last 12 years, has been making this movie about a, a, a boy growing up. Was he
0: six in 2002 and they go from there, is it?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And so you're following these same characters. They shoot a few scenes every year and yeah. they're tracking this kid's growth from a kid to a teenager.
0: Patricia Kett's been in it. The last, I, the first I heard was when Ethan Hawke was being interviewed and he kind of announced that, i oh, I have to do this. Because um, he's only involved later on. He's not involved, I think, in the first few steps. Yeah. He's involved later on because I think he's the... Strange dad, and it looks like the trailer is more of a new dad kind of thing, but it is mesmerizing to watch this kid. Yeah, because he at the beginning he does look like fairly moppetish almost Anakin Skywalker y, and then in the middle bits there are kind of he looks like he's going like he changes a lot.
1: Yes, well, hits the awkward growth spurt, and yeah, then the and then drops.
0: by the end of it, it's like at one point, like, what do you want to do with your life or whatever? It's like he says something, it's like,
1: whoa, that's a dude, yeah. that's a grown man. Dude. Yeah, I think if, if, if Richard, if they get this movie right, I mean it might win an oscar or something because yeah. i mean you would have to reward because i've never heard
0: it's similar to gravity it's, they must put so much blood sweat and tears in it and yeah. it turned out to be actually good yeah
1: you have to reward that because i think i've only heard of this done in documentaries like the the seven up series but yeah this is a fictional movie where they committed 12 years of their lives to making it and it's just amazing that so many things could have gone wrong yeah. but apparently they have a complete movie originally R- has
0: done that i mean he did he did that rotoscope movie waking life and uh, he did yeah. what he did he also did a scanner darkly right yes yes yeah, so we committed to those for a while which was like some poor bastards to paint over the it, film yeah. waking yeah. life could have pushed it further i thought there was one or two scenes of those weird shit going on yeah i enjoyed So made some of my friends seasick
2: <laughs> <Fair laughs> when enough. there's
0: a when there's a scene in like a tunnel area or in a train station and each arch of the tunnel is w- wobbling at different different frequencies I, I it's don't a background thing you don't notice it but if you are getting anyway seasick apparently it made my friend just want to vomit right. straight away when he saw it.
1: And he's always been experimental. Like his first movie was Slacker. Where yeah. No lead characters. He's just following all these people around. No. So I mean, it, it, he's a very interesting director.
0: And it looks like he's actually made a movie out of it.
1: Yeah, and it looks it looks good.
0: Is there? A, I think it is a, it's a pretty sure I kept with a glass of wine. He's he's growing up. He's like you can party. It's like a little like,
1: cool. <laughs> I, guess, I I guess she's the party mom. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it looks like the the home life is going to be quite tumultuous. And yeah. Ethan Hawke seems to be like the the gentle father figure who's trying to but also the kind of slacker dad who he's, he's there for fun and not for the whole thing exactly
0: but uh, yeah and also the how can we forget the before series
1: yes the, like
0: that was just that they just did that but not realizing at the beginning yeah they just make a movie every nine years yeah we did a review of those a while ago on the site so that was the series bit and now we go off the deep end to crazy um slucky movies getting a big
1: <laughs> they never went anywhere, man. You look at all the sci-fi original films, they're all schlocky and terrible. Yeah, but they
0: don't come out in cinemas and stuff like yeah. that, or DVD. They're just like on that, that Saturday night or whatever. Yeah. And they get a huge drop-off in ratings once it starts. We're like, oh god, this is dog shit. Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> what did you expect? Did it, does anyone think Sharknado is going to be a quality well, have film? Have you seen Big Ass Spider? That's actually quite good.
0: I haven't seen that, but people have started popping up recently on Twitter and stuff like that saying, like, I've been talking about it for
1: It's not great, but, I mean, considering... What it's competing with on those level of the big monster films, it's, yeah. it, 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 it's Citizen Kane compared to Mega <laughs> Spider versus Jumbo Shark or whatever the yeah. fuck those movies names are.
0: So the last one to join the fray is Wolf Cop.
2: <laughs> now, you
0: even pointed out the trailer for this. I saw a previous kind of scene trailer, yes, and it was a bar fight. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't that, one. that one didn't look so great because it was just kind of statically shot. It was a lot of kind of lame gags and stuff. This trailer looked way better. Yes. I'm wondering if that's going to be saved in editing or, you know, the whole movie maybe works out. But the first one is just him wolf- wolfing out of the bar. Yeah. Still getting like, yeah. the, like, uh, Officer Rick Grimes from uh, Walking Dead style uniform, uniform yeah. on, but also, like, tufty fur and
1: a really, bad uh, werewolf mask. Yes. Ass. And it seems to be, I mean, leaning more towards comedy because there's this one scene in the trailer where the guy goes, yeah, you were a wolf, but you were also drunk, so I knew it was you. Yeah.
0: And so, uh, Someone else says, you're Frank, you're a wolf. It's like, gop. <laughs> wolf, gop. And it seems like he doesn't completely lose his mind because like, he's driving he's along. He's driving a car <laughs> as a <laughs> werewolf. And he's holding a gun at one point.
1: <laughs> so this could uh, be a good movie or it could be one of these movies where all you need to know is the title and the trailer. And, and that's it. Leave it,
0: it at, the at the that. It's, it's, gonna, it's, a, it's a grindhouse ad, essentially. Yeah, essentially, yeah. And you hadn't seen Kung Fury before. No. So we that mentioned looks, that before in the last cast. But what did you think of that?
1: I thought that looked amazing. They had me at Kung Fuhrer.
0: Yeah, when Kung Fuhrer, turns up, We talked about this in the last podcast, but it's worth showing. I just think... The green screen at the end shows him driving the car just doing this yeah like that might have been a fully cgi lamborghini they put around him yeah i've seen that done horribly in the past just that 80s video sheen gives it a way they can cheat i think a lot of the effects but it looks really good that there's a scene where he's jumping and he's kicking like 35 uh, nazis out of the way and it looks doesn't look so fake. Yeah, it looks like, it looks artificial, but yeah. not in a way where your eye goes, no.
1: Yeah, it reminds me a bit of some of the special effects in the Robert Rodriguez films in mm. that because he's going for that cheap grindhouse look, the special effects which are kind of cheesy and bad work within the context of the film. You can
0: fudge the lighting and stuff like that, which are always a dead giveaway. If you're trying to add, achieve realism, human eye can see it when the lighting on the character doesn't match the lighting on the background.
1: Yeah. So,
0: it does look cool. I'm looking forward to that. It's something. There's another thing. Have you ever heard of uh, Red Letter Media online? Yes,
1: I love Red Letter Media. Their review of the Star Wars uh, prequels was genius.
0: I only saw. So I only recently just saw the one for Red to the Sith. I didn't realize it was up. I think it was up a month or two ago on the yeah. YouTube page. I think they did a Kickstarter for it. So it went out the backers for a while, and then after a month or a year, since so long it went up on YouTube. Yeah. So I watched the hour and a half long version of the Sith thing and it did point out a thing I never realized before like it's just the level of deep thought he puts into because I watched this like that's dog shit primarily the story most of the characters a lot of the acting but he goes into the detail of like every major plot discussion in that movie people are sitting on a couch yeah or walking in a corridor
2: yeah and, <laughs> it, and, it's,
0: a, and it, because it's a CG thing it's like and if they start the scene sitting up three minutes into the scene one will stand up go to a window and turn around and he just shows it over and over again. And it's like, now I know why this movie's so boring. It was just, even said at one point, George Lucas won plot. It's for giving Padme some fucking business to do by packing a suitcase. Right. Because they're never doing something in a scene. They're always just talking about it. Talking about it. And then cut to exciting action scene and cut back to something that's like just dull.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, what I find fascinating about the red letter media stuff is, yeah, it's funny, but... Just from a sort of analysis, yeah. sort of, it's dead on, yeah. absolutely dead on, and it's a breakdown of story structure and character arcs. And the fact that each review is about as long as the actual movie itself, yep. shows the obsession and the sort of <laughs> the determination to sort of like sum up everything wrong with the film.
0: But it, and, and and the numbers just go off the chart after a while. I was like, you know, everything in the movie, and just, the character itself is fantastic. I think the way they've done it, and then like you know, I was like, look at all my. Do you want some uh, pizza rolls?
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> email if you want me to. I'll email you some pizza rolls. Yeah.
1: He's what, a serial killer?
2: The woman tied up the Yeah. I mean, that,
0: that, that, the first time I saw it, one of the first ones, it showed the kind of the, the, the setup of just like, oh, he's in the basement looking at his kid. I'm grandkids, Star Wars ties. I live at there all the time. And the camera just pans across and there's a woman tied up in the corner and it it's not even mentioned. <laughs> I it's great. I love that scene. Um, I'm just like, it's tricky to get him to do more. He has the one for the crystal skull. I'm only halfway through. I forgot to watch I the I've seen about. that one yet. They're great when you're hungover. Crystal skull hurts yeah. still. I, I
1: don't know. I'd I, I much rather just pretend it never happened. It's the Indiana Jones trilogy. Yeah. That's the end of that.
0: So finishing off with ridiculous news, um, while we were off as well, Jem is coming out with the unlikely director of John M. Chu from just G.I. Joe Retaliation and Justin Bieber's Believe. Oh,
1: Christ. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't care. I won't care one I for the show, but having my own childhood raped right by Michael Bay, I feel for the fans of Jem. Right.
1: Although, yeah, I was never a fan of the show, so whatever they do, I I don't care. But it's just – I think they're getting to the point now where I think they don't quite realize that – they're trying to do films that have international brand recognition. Mm -hmm. But they don't quite realize that people knowing a brand and wanting to see a movie about that brand are two separate things. Everybody knows Battleship. I don't think anybody really wanted to see a movie based on that.
0: No, that's why Ridley Scott hasn't been moving on with his Monopoly movie much. <laughs> are
1: you done with your news? i got a couple before. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, what I've got is they are changing the title of the third Hobbit film. Oh, It gosh. used to be titled The Hobbit There and Back Again. They yeah. now changed it to The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. Which that Game that of Thrones fans are going, wait a minute. Our show is the Battle of the Five Kings.
2: Yeah,
0: but the Battle of the Five Armies, I think, was the name of a chapter or a heading in the yeah, book. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. So Tolkien won first. Dickheads, read a book. Here, yeah. First. So but they, but they are saying <laughs> read a, that a book and eat the, a the, dick. The, the
1: Blu-ray box set collecting all of them will be called The Hobbit there and back again. Oh. Okay. But okay, so there's gonna be a title change. Yeah, because yeah, uh, obviously
0: they're not hitting enough of that demographic exactly. of 18 to 35-year-olds who like Blood and Death.
1: And spinning off from The Hobbit, Martin Freeman has hinted at the possibility of a special one-off episode one-off episode of sherlock oh yeah sort of like i don't know what yeah like they used to do christmas they still do christmas specials for doctor who so i think it's that equivalent for sherlock which is great because i could always use more sherlock but because these two actors are being cast in everything i think it's going to be a while before we get season four
0: yeah and as well as a uk show
1: series four
0: series four and also i mean it. take Stephen Moffat and Mark Gallis a while to pull those together because I listen to The Empire Podcast as a spoiler cast I mean you should listen to us for the real news but when you want to hear like you know people with access introduce celebrities um well, something
1: important to say yeah
0: I mean they, they did The Empire Podcast with uh, Mark Addison and Stephen Moffat the writers and like they are all I mean I'm not a big Sherlock Holmes fan i not read many of any of the books I don't think uh-huh. and a lot of like like a murder in Belgravia is a reference to something you know the, all the titles of the episodes yeah. are, either are based a, on the stories are based on the stories or remixes and they have taken elements from the old shows yeah.
1: no, even mean, the one-off jokes like uh, in, in one of the series there, they are like I think these comic book guys come to him and they're trying to get him to, to, to find a missing comic and he names the case The Geek Interpreter. Oh. And that's based on an actual Sherlock Holmes story called The Greek, Greek Interpreter.
0: Yeah, they just pepper them throughout. And if you don't know them, they're fine. But when you're using this podcast, they start listing them off themselves. Because apparently it started when they were on the train from London to Cardiff to shoot Doctor Who. Yeah,
2: apparently they're
1: huge Sherlock Holmes fans. They've yeah. read everything so they know it backwards. And so
0: to say that's the kind of thing where they have to work on it a lot. Because those shows are so tight. Yeah. Like even for the length, there's no filler in them, and the, the visual style is something that we you tend to forget when you haven't seen it after six months. Uh-huh. But the visual style of those is completely arresting. Yeah. And just the, the 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 mind palace, all this kind of stuff is great. I think it's and the
1: fact that because it's a Sh- Sherlock Holmes is meant to be the most brilliant person alive, the mystery has to be worthy of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And especially, I think, in the last series. The last series, all three episodes of it were just quality.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Because you thought the wedding one they were kind of softening, but and. Stephen Moffat said something very important that was like the books and everything like that. Sherlock Holmes is not the most brilliant man in life. He thinks he is. Ah. And that is part of his character psychosis in a way, you know yeah. what I mean? Or that he says he doesn't need anybody, but in actuality he does. He does. He, he does, he yeah, does think, need these people. Um,
1: Watson actually says it in the last series where, where he, he says to, to Sherlock Holmes, like, You're, you're not a dispassionate uh, sort of intellectual, you're a drama queen. Yes. And that is just perfectly sums up like who the character thinks he is and who he actually is.
0: Exactly. He's putting on a front for his
1: older brother. Uh, the other story I have, which, uh, again, it's, I think it's another one of the signs of the apocalypse, they are remaking Ben-Hur. Oh, God. Why you would want to remake a movie that's considered a classic. Is it because Roman of that one show where the stuntman has a watch on? <laughs> They're going to redo it just for that. Yeah. But apparently it's done by Mark Burnett and Roma Downey, who Roma Downey was that touched by an angel chick. They're apparently quite... Reli- they put together all these religious sort of miniseries. They did the Bible. They did Son of God, I think. And now, because Ben-Hur, I think, is a... Sto- it's, it's a Ben-Hur story is Forrest Gump Bible Edition. Yeah, Forrest Gump Bible Edition. Because he keeps
0: crossing paths of Jesus. and right. like you so know, He gets water in the desert and some of that. So they're
1: going to try to redo Ben-Hur. I'm not sure whether it's going to be a movie or a television... Oh, television mini but yeah, they're talking about redoing
0: it. No, I mean, it's got to be chalk it's got to be... I mean that's a fucking <laughs> dark move. Yeah, he goes, you know, he goes back at his fucking mother and mother and sister have got fucking leprosy and shit. Yeah. And Judah Ben Hur. <laughs> <sighs> oh, what's the other guy? The guy, like Yul Brynner's in that as well, right? Isn't Yul? No, Brynner? no,
1: he's in the Ten Commandments. Okay.
0: He, oh well, there's another guy who plays a similar similar role in Ben Hur as his like supposedly adopted Roman brother who also tries to be a massive dickhead and right. gets visited by the plagues. No. Olivier or is Spartan. that Moses? I'm thinking of fuck. <laughs> he did a lot of them, those, those movies. Yeah, well, because Charlton has was Moses. Yeah. He went up the mountain, he got some tablets, he had a good time.
2: Mother
0: uh, A little bit of comic news. This just seems like stupid. It actually ties into what you were saying earlier. Apparently, Ma- Marvel going to kill off Wolverine.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure.
0: It's just like uh, Death of Wolverine's a four-issue uh, series run by Charge Soul. Never heard of him. Illustrated by Steve McNiven.
1: September, September release. He did Civil War.
0: Yeah. No. <laughs> who cares? I mean, come on. He's gonna be back in There's the no. I mean, is, who on. was it years ago? Someone did the animated thing of like X Men animated, like in five. Or it was like the Battle of Jean Grey in 30 seconds, something like that, or like explaining the X Men, but it was like little animated flash animations. I don't. And know. And one of them was like Wolverine is supposed to be short, and I was the truth behind the comics well, I need to dig it out. It was like fucking years ago, and one of them was just like you know. And at this point, the X-Men splintered into five groups. There was the Uncanny X-Men, and it shows them It's like, Wolverine's like, how's it going, eh? And then it goes to like, you know, X-Force is like, how's it going, eh, I got here as fast <laughs> as I could. And then it goes to all the different teams and have Wolverine's on every fucking team. And every time he just turns up going like, I can't believe this, eh? Like he just does the, the whole Canadian accent thing as well, right. so. Yeah, they can't get off Wolverine. Of I mean, there's he's all far too many Happy Meals and fucking T-shirts yeah. and all sorts of unless they're going to
1: use it as a, a a way to reinvent the character a little bit because he is getting a little bit stale in the comics and in, in that they've kind of run the gamut of what they can mm. do with it. because I mean he's gone from the psychotic loner to the head the of the Jean, Gray of the school. Jean Grey school. So I did was, like that comic. Who is the is it Bakera Baccar- Bacello Did somebody? Uh, that? Jason Aaron wrote it. Chris Bakelo drew it.
0: Yeah, I mean I. I really hated chris Paquello's work on new x-men because uh-huh. the work before i mean i wasn't fan, a huge fan of ethan viscyber but i mean i was i follow grant Morrison's stuff but that some of those books look uh, well sorry when frank quietly was doing it it was fucking amazing well you want
1: frank quietly to draw everything yeah the guy's as slow as fuck. we're yeah.
0: gonna do Paquello's art is just so scratchy yeah
1: it kind of works i think he's
0: refined it a bit since but it kind of works yeah. in uh wolverine and the x-men because it's like you know, they've got a, a Krakoa or whatever it is, the, the, the Earth monster thingy. That that, look, that looks cool when it's hovering over somebody and stuff like that.
1: And essentially that book, is, it's, it's Hogwarts in the X-Men universe. Yeah. And it's fantastic. And
0: Wolverine is Dumbledore. It's constantly, Nicky like, it was like, this is like Earth 7 or something, Earth 615. You know, it's, it's close, but it's like, is this really where we're at now? I guess we should move. I mean, I, I think I have got to that point where it's like, I'm realizing like Sam Raimi, you know, shouldn't have done Venom. Right. The comics of my youth are not just, they're not the, they might have caught up on the Battle of the Jean Grey. I something. looking for kids the front end of the A not the absolute edition but the collected cheaper editions and then I started reading X-Men, like new X-Men is my X-Men and around that kind of time. I did read X-Force when it was the the gritty reboot with Maddox, Jimmy Maddox and the big big guy was one of the guys. No, yeah, the Wolf X-Factor. X-Factor, sorry. You can't keep it. Well, but they ran a detective agency and stuff yes, and the that's events of M true. Day, even though it was dumb, that was my gen that was my dumb. Yeah. You know, everyone has their dumb thing that happens in their comic book series. Yeah. After that, it's like I I, what I said apparently Charles is dead, it's like I missed out when he became a dickhead for some reason. I think it was something to do with Genosha, but I don't know. It was just at that point I kinda of like well, I can drift, I'll watch the movies now.
1: X Men, I mean, there are so many titles. You can't follow the X Men. There's like ten different titles. What yep. are you gonna buy ten comics a month to no. figure out what's going on? But yeah, the, the Wolverine, they're not going to kill him, Tom.
0: Yeah. Oh, they will. They'll just come back. Yeah. Or it's an alternate story. Or the fuck.
1: Who knows? Who knows? Elseworlds. verse, Whatever Yeah. The fuck. All, right, all right. Moving
0: on. All right. Moving on. We've got emails. If you want to email us in questions, recipes, anything you want us to discuss, anything you want us to ask us about our personal lives, you can email us at podcast at
1: McYapinfries.com. Jesus. Podcast at mcjappenfries.com. That's all we have to do.
0: Uh, we do have one email, from it's from JC again who emailed us a while ago, really thankful that Gavin's back on the latest podcast, <laughs> so fuck you, Ch- <laughs> man. it was invited to be educational and refreshing. Did you listen to that? Did you hear that podcast? No,
1: I haven't heard it yet. This is when you are interviewing about Take Me to Dinner. Ooh, I gotta hear that.
0: I did start off doing um, Your Man from Inside the Actor's Studio, but I hadn't really thought it through. <laughs> so the beginning was very rough, but after that we did settle into, like, we went from conception to...
1: Did you do the questionnaire?
0: No. Can I speak to uh, Patrick, please? Yes,
1: what would God say when you? I was like,
0: so you produce your director. Do you still love him? <laughs> Fair <laughs> question. But actually, it was actually quite serious. It was like, how does, how does the producer, how did her producer work on the set? How did, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff? How did you get? Because, you know, he was an idiot. He got everyone lined up, got all the equipment ready, and then wrote the script. So, it's fun. To, it was fun to do. Um, so I simply get a kick out of playing these podcasts even the old ones from the archives when doing sketches or editing photos thank you for doing what you're doing Gavin so thank you very much oh and by the way I've watched Truck Ch- 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 fucking loved that. you must sell us that they just spot me in it me and Gavin fighting in that did you see Chuck no Ch- have you seen Chuck Ch- see you okay Kai Harris movie no no, no I
2: haven't
0: no it's on Astro First as well Seven Gavin Square yeah well, actually we should p- push that Seven Gavin Square off there's a bar fight where I'm one of the extras and Gavin's in the movie is one of the main went a bit more minor characters but he's got lines and shit and the fight starts and between and one of the main characters and we shot a fight scene nice <laughs> and it's just we didn't really rehearse that much we did in two takes and the first take ended up being like a schoolyard party like some of the actors got copy some of the other actors and started jumping up and down going fight 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 and it just looked weird <gasps> after that everyone went for it and I ran out the person I was hitting jumped onto the floor and I turned around and Gavin turned around our eyes locked for a moment they're like it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> laying into each other and then falling onto the ground. So it's a nice little thing. It wasn't intentional, but it just ended up that was Like I shouldn't really fight with it because it's too obvious. But it ended up being nice. So nice. that's in, if you can spot us, let us know. Um, his question was the Facebook page could have, should have, would have had more likes or something in it. Well, the thing is, while Gavin's on his, possibly McGavin Fry's number one fan follower, JC, thanks for your email. While Gavin's been away in his head, as I have been working on different websites and updating my toolbox, so we will be doing a revamp of the website and the Facebook page in a while. Um, I just need to get the time to do it. And I've probably been saying that for the last four years, so I will get to it and we will have a... we fries version 3.0, or 2.0 at the moment.
1: Right. I have nothing to add to that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you too, as we you
1: Fucker. All right, will move into the reviews portion of the show. Okay.
0: Um... We'll start with Captain America,
1: the Winter Soldier. The Winter Soldier. Okay, so this is a non-spoiler review. Yeah. I really, really like this movie. I think it's one of the best Marvel Cinematic Universe films, and I recommend everybody sees it. We should give.
0: That's a really short
2: review. We should <laughs> give,
0: if you haven't seen it already, you're one of the few, but we recommend you do. So, Steve, after the events of the Avengers, Steve Rogers is kind of hanging out, working with Shield, you know, doing a jogging around the Washington
1: yes being he's, he's Fury's cleanup man yeah Fury sends him whenever like he's shit fucked up them. and shit needs to get
0: done um, so he ends up doing some wet work on a, a, a ship that turns out there might be something going on but Cap's not told about it because Fury doesn't quite trust him but no he doesn't trust him he, he trusts him to know what the jobs he can do at. and Rogers doesn't quite trust Fury right um, so, as this goes forward, there does seem to be some kind of conspiracy going. It does go down the route of a conspiracy movie, you know, there's attempts on people's lives, there's car chases, which is a surprise for a Marvel movie. No flight chases, but actual car chases. Yes, it's a much
1: more grounded film than yeah. the earlier Marvel films.
0: And it's got uh, Robert Redford in it, which is just big win.
1: Yes, and he gives a really good performance. He really He doesn't appear to be slumming it. He's really no. giving an And he doesn't,
0: uh, you haven't seen Pompeii, have you? yes <laughs> he doesn't like he got the memo about the tone of movie they're doing because a lot of people turn up and like you know the classic example would be uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Batman Forever Yes, even though that's a camp movie he's in another fucking universe
1: well you're talking about Kiefer Sutherland in Pompeii
0: Kiefer Sutherland in Pompeii is as bad but I mean
1: he's the only one I liked in Pompeii yeah I know he but was it, having so much fun but in, just but, not in, being Jack Bowers but
0: that kind of role would not work you know there could be actors who would say like I'm going to play a comic book yeah. That would not have worked. He brings gravitas to it. He's like, there's a lot of him just, he seems to be standing in all the scenes. You know, it's like, put him on a desk or something. He's always standing with one hand in the pocket looking fucking cool. Yes. Well, he's it's right like, right hello, I'm, a, I'm an icon.
1: Although, one of the more interesting moments, not to spoil anything, happens when he's sitting down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, there's a lot, we're going to talk around it because there are a lot of twists and turns in this movie. Yeah. I think if you've read the comic books you kind of can see a lot of these turns coming yeah if you if know what the title means then you're gonna get a, a if however things. you are unfamiliar with the comic books I think you'll get a really interesting ride and this movie will take you in directions that you didn't expect and it is a
0: great ride like it does balance out that intrigue with the action because the action scenes are great like yes. I said those, car- those two two chases are great the the action is very well shot in that it's fast it's close but they pull back to let you see what the they, hang on I'm gonna do something cool let me take a step back yes and I
1: like the fact that it, it does address uh, uh, political issues that are part of modern day life, but it doesn't hammer it to the point where it gets preachy. It's yeah, just and, and, and it, it mixes it in with
0: 500 milliliters of comic book crazy. Yes and it, it does for me, it didn't work quite so well. we'll talk about, you, you, when you see it, you'll know what it is. There's two words that'll pop into your head. yes, yes. Um, when that happens, I don't think it'll lose many people, but it does ground it as it's "Hey, we're still a comic book movie. But then it's still pretty good, and it does set up interesting ways for the more Earth-based um, Marvel movies to go in the future.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, based on what happens at the end of The Winter Soldier, it's going to affect the world the, the world of the Marvel Universe in Avengers. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Cap has his own personal journey along with another character mm-hmm. in Cap 3. Yeah, So that'll be interesting.
0: And The Winter Soldier himself is pretty cool. sure yeah well if you want the full lowdown on that once you've seen it our spoiler cast will be up around the same time as this podcast hit me with your transcendence review
1: okay um i think okay transcendence the basic setup of the movie it's it's directed by wally Pfister, who is a longtime director of photography for christopher nolan it's got a lot of cast that is from christopher nolan films and a really good cast of that it's got johnny depp Paul Bettany, Rebecca Hall, uh, Killian Murphy, or Killian 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 Murphy, Morgan, Morgan Freeman. I mean, it's (laughs) got a really good cast. Unfortunately, I don't think the movie quite knows what story it's telling. The setup is. Uh, 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 Johnny Depp is a brilliant scientist who is poisoned and uh, uh, rather than let him die because they believe that his intelligence is going to help the world, they transfer his consciousness to the computer. Mm-hmm. And once it's in the computer, he begins evolving at an incredibly advanced uh, rate. And then the story becomes, um, is he a, a benevolent force that is, is trying to make the world a better place? or is he an evil force that is trying to control mankind? Mm. It's essentially a two-hour version of uh, that Simpsons, okay, there's a Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episode where the aliens take the Simpsons up and then there's that bit with the the cookbook, do you remember that? So it's sort of like- But they're halfway there and they're like,
0: it's it's the they're blowing the dust off. Yes, the
1: book says how to cook and then, you blow it, no, it's how to cook humans. No, 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 you blow the dust again. It's how to cook for humans. So it's that. And that's like, how to cook for 40 how to cook humans. Exactly. Yeah. So it's that blown up to two hours. Really? Yeah. So it's sort of like, it's constantly moving back and forth between whether he's a benevolent force or, or, or. I mean, there's some interesting ideas in it. The whole notion of, yes, our humanity is what makes us unique. But is the aspects of our humanity, like our paranoia and, 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 bigotry? Yeah. Uh, these th- Do these things hold us back or, or, or are they just part of our makeup? Mm. Uh, again, I don't want to spoil too much because there are a couple of twists. Not yeah. very great twists. Does it, it become
0: like an action movie near the end? Because the trailer seems to give that impression not at certain points. Not really,
1: not really. And again, it, it, another flaw with the movie, aside from the fact that it doesn't quite know what story it's telling, is that it takes place, I think, over a long period of time. Oh. So it, it takes place, I think, over the course of years, perhaps even, even longer than that. Oh. So you have characters who change off-screen. So an example of that is Paul Bettany in the beginning is very much supportive of, yes, Johnny Depp's character, this guy is my best friend, we have to save him, and then somewhere along the way he's like, no, 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 Machine. he's he's too mechanical, it's not really him, we have to destroy him. But the switch happens over the course of a period of time you never see. So all of a sudden the character just changes. And again, There's aspects of this movie that could have been done as a horror, a bit more horror film. But the whole
0: evolution thing has been done as Outer Limits episodes, Twilight Zone episodes. Fucking everyone's done. Fucking Star Trek and Stargate have done them to death. So the
1: idea of the the, the humanity and the machine is nothing new. And they don't really add anything new to it. And if you've read
0: any story about the singularity ever, it's actually all there, is it? Yeah,
1: so there's nothing really new about it. But... I mean, you just puzzled that so many talented people got together to do this, mm. you know, mediocre film.
0: And I mean, is it down to the plotting and so, Because like, Fister was always, Molly Fister's the look of the films he's done. Like, he was Inception, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Director I think he was DP from Memento up until Dark Knight Rises.
0: Yeah, and the look of those, all those films, there is a very much a look. Yes. Even with the, the crazy dreamscapes of Inception, it does have this very clean hyper-realism in a way.
1: And this movie has that.
0: It has. that. It so, has it, that. It's, so you would say it looks—it still looks nice but it just doesn't, the meat there's no meat on those
1: bones? Yeah, there is, it's just not that interesting. Like or like there's you said no before,
0: bones under that meat.
1: Yeah, it's just, as you said before, like so many stories have done this that they don't really add anything new to it. And there was potential to do that but they kind of gloss over it. It's, it's just not a great film. And it's inter- for those who complain that, you know, Johnny Depp is too kooky in all of his performances. This movie, actually, you get to see him play a real human being. Mm. And you miss the crazy Johnny Depp. Really? Obviously, I think, I hate to say it, but it looks like he did this movie for the money. Oh, really? Where, you know, he collects a $20 million paycheck or however much they paid him. He shows up for a week of work. To, to actually act with the other actors, and then the rest of his performance is all on a computer screen. I can imagine him just like he's sitting in his bed in his mansion or on his island, and they just come <laughs> and filmed him saying a few lines, and then it's put up on the screen in the film. Sorry, he, I just
0: love the idea of Johnny Depp as is like, "You must come with me
1: to Depp Park. Yes, here we shall shoot my performance." Yeah, and so it just. He seems to be sleep- he's sleepwalking through the role. There's nothing. Again, you could justify it by, oh no, he's playing a robotic version of himself. That's yeah. why he doesn't seem like he has any human emotions. Or it could just be a really bored actor saying his lines.
0: That sucks. Because I mean, a lot of people, like with, with Fister's involvement, a lot of people were saying like this could be the birth of a new directorial talent. But it just seems he might need to just be working for somebody else. Maybe
1: it, it's that whole yeah, it's it's that whole problem of it looks nice but I think that the story doesn't quite come together, the character arcs don't come together, which I think you need a storyteller rather than just a really good visual eye. Do you know
0: who the writer was or not?
1: Apparently, I don't know the name of the writer, but apparently it was a first-time script that, uh, apparently the script made the blacklist.
0: Yeah, that, that, the blacklist's reputation is slowly going down yeah. over the years. I saw, because there was an article about, is, the Hollywood, is, you, is, is America getting tired of Johnny Depp? It was like, well, no, it just seems like the movie was bad and people now actually listen to people online, mm-hmm. whether it's looking at YouTube videos or listening to podcasts. Then generally, they get their news ahead of time, not behind. Like, yeah, we've been behind because we're lazy, yeah. Um, so just be people more, they're not gonna just go see the thing because of the trailer now. Even the you know, the most illiterate fucking moviegoer has an idea of keeping up with stuff. Like, yeah. You know, there's more than just entertainment tonight now for stuff, yes. Yeah. They know
1: that World War Z shot the entire third act again, kind of. Yeah,
0: and, but then like that kind of like it didn't open so they don't think it opened strong. But then it's like, the long tail that got good. Like it made enough money to make a sequel. Because yeah, word of mouth was good. I saw that after two, three weeks after opening. Surprised it's still out at that point. It doesn't happen very much anymore. And it was full cinema. Yeah. It was one of the smaller cinemas in KLC, but it was still full. I, don't lie, I enjoyed yeah. it.
1: But in general, overall, it's not like it's a terrible film. Yeah, it's just forgettable. It's like you don't really think about it after. Yeah, it's amazing. interesting to see all these famous people saying lines, but it just doesn't hold together <laughs> Featuring famous people saying lines Like most movies Jack Paglin here So yeah,
0: I'm not a recommendation Jack Paglin was a writer, sorry Cool, and we'll move on to our final review, which I don't think we did last time, which is Snow piercing? By Hang- <laughs> By some Korean dude. Hang- no, that's great. That's racist. Um
1: Bon? Bon hang who?
0: So this movie came out here before it came out in the US. Still out in the US. While I was writing the review for this, because I saw it back in March, while I was writing the review for this, like it was starting off with like Harvey Weinstein wants to cut this in half, and then it became Harvey Weinstein is going to release this as is, just not in as many theaters. Right. Uh, so that kind of changed the, the story out of it. But the version you saw was the... The Korean version. Because the, they, 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 they released it in Japan and Korea, it. didn't do so well. And that's why they were worried about it. Junho Bong.
1: Junho Bong. Yeah. So, so I got the name right, just not in the right order. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he did... The, this director, he's, uh, the first movie of his I saw was uh, a Korean monster movie called The Host. Which is amazing. Which is fantastic. What I mean, the fun?
0: whole point of that movie where, you know, it starts off and it's looking like Jaws, and it's some cheapo fucking horror movie. We're not going to see the monster until the end. And then within 10, 15 minutes, it's running around a park in daytime. Broad daylight. Broad daylight. And a weird family drama thing is going on as well with this weird, odd family. And they
1: make decisions on who lives and who dies that a Hollywood movie would never
0: do. Yeah, ballsy. Very and ballsy. I was talking to somebody yesterday that she was saying about how she liked the Bruce Lee. She's not a big movie fan. But somebody she liked the Kung Fu movies growing up. But they don't seem to make them anymore. Like, they don't make them in the U.S. anymore. There's places, yeah. other places, doing, it. and this was this is a, this is around the time Korean cinema really got a boost. Around the time there was the host, there was the Eye, I, uh, I the Taylor Two Sisters was around the same time. So that, like, it was, a lot of it was more horror and genre stuff. I think, well, that's Korea's on as well, right? Isn't that the Grudge? Or is that, I, don't know. I think it was the Grudge. Well, you know the Grudge, right? No, the Grudge is Japanese, isn't it? No, I think the Grudge is, was originally. Oh no, no, there. sorry. The 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 no, the Grudge is Japanese. Is it?
1: No, the Ring, sorry, the, the ring, ring is, is Japanese. Japanese.
0: Yeah. So there was just a resurgence at the time and I was lucky enough that I was just like watching them as they came out. So um...
1: Although action movie-wise, The Raid is still, the Indonesian film, The Raid is still... Well, that's, the I mean, time.
0: that's starting the new thing again now. I mean, it used to be, this is what came up with the conversation, how Thailand with Don Back and those movies kind of brought it up again and China keeps doing it with keep remaking uh, Bruce Lee's master story. The, the Grandmaster they've done again, then there was It Man. I call it IP Man. I call it Property Man. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, just think with this briefcase. It's like, The Copyright going yeah. <laughs> to But they're doing like, so you know what? There's been at least two or three different versions of It and the Grandmaster's also It right? Yeah, I think so. That's the Donnie I haven't seen that one yet. But, um...
1: Okay, so we have to tell the story. The basic setup of Snowpiercer... So this is his American
0: debut. This is his, uh, what, was John, what was John Woo's American debut? Was it the... It was the Hard Target. Hard Target. So this is his American debut, English language at least, yes. debut.
1: So the setup for the film is... Something, uh, okay, scientists released a substance into the yeah. atmosphere. Oh, this film was based on a graphic novel. Eh? Yeah, French graphic novel. Scientists released a substance in the atmosphere that was meant to combat climate change. Yeah. Instead, it turned the entire world into a snowy... Frozen world. Frozen wasteland. Yeah. And, the and apparently it happened
0: quickly. You see bits later which show how quickly it happened because there's frozen bodies in places. Yeah. Like, it's standing up. Yes. Um, and the
1: only survivors are the people on this train that was built to constantly circumnavigate the globe and never stop.
0: Because it's something, there are some flaws with the the, the idea and you're like, that's a bit dumb. But they do explain it and you you have to look into it a bit more because the idea of the train constantly going is that it's one man's folly becomes humanity's savior. Yes. And the train is supposed to hit certain spots every year. So that's why it doesn't stop. Yeah. That's why when they pass certain places, everyone knows it's New Year's. Right. Whenever they go over a certain bridge, it's always New Year's, they always hit these different places at the different times of year, the train never stops because it's got a powerful engine. It's a mad engine at the front. I Maybe, it you know, the original plan was for it to stop occasionally, to take the passengers on and off, obviously, and to get food and supplies like that. Once this, this thing is released, it's so fucking cold outside, you can't open the door.
2: Right.
1: And so the, the movie <clears throat> starts, basically it's a movie about class. So yeah. you have the people in the lower class at the very far end. Back end of the train,
0: and it's oh, it's fifteen years after this is happening. Yeah, so the, the entire generation, yeah, fifteen or 10.
1: A generation has grown up. No, yeah. no, no, it has to be longer than that, because uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, who's that? Uh, Chris Evans' buddy, Jamie Bell. Uh, Jamie Bell. I think it's fifteen he years. He grew up on the train.
0: Yeah, I think it's fifteen years, and he was like three or four when he got on. Yeah, so
1: the, a generation has grown up knowing nothing but life on the train. Yeah, and, and when he,
0: they, when the, the crisis happened, the first classes and all that kind of stuff were just passengers, and they let. Some people surviving on in yes. the in the back, and they just left them there yes. for a while.
1: And so now the people in the back have decided to uh, they have lead a revolt and sort of like charge towards the front of the train and take over because they
0: get they basically just get fed these gelatinous new uh, protein cubes and they live in just squalor and messy rooms right. and it's like you know. Any kind of material to entertain yourself is like gold dust because like one guy draws, but he has to get the paper and like and suck for the the thing or things to burn and keep themselves warm. So the literal reason uh, the shit is so
1: long, right? And they, they punish people by putting body parts outside the train and then it freezes. Their Which arms is, freeze and break off.
0: That's a beautiful scene. So it illustrates how cold it is outside. But by putting your arm outside, it's you and Bremer. You and, not you and Bremer. You and you
1: and Bremer, yeah.
0: That's you and Bremer from it's it's, it's spoilt from transponing. Yeah, uh, you know any any kind of revolt against the upper classes is tr- crushed. Even the smallest man, because he throws a shoe or something, right? Something like that. And then, like so, they freeze. His arm is outside for ten minutes. When it comes in, they tap it with a hammer and it just shatters. Yeah. And it's like, oh, but while it's that that time is happening, um, the kind of uh, face of middle management is um, Tilda who is fantastic, who plays this weird Yorkshire character. Is that a Yorkshire accent? It's a Yorkshire accent and I'm not going to try and do it because it's so specific but it's like it's a really specific English accent and, and she's got
1: false teeth as she's well. She's got so crazy like false bottom, teeth and teeth giant
0: thing. fucking bottle-bottom glasses and her hair is like she, at one point she's got a weird Princess Leia thing going on yes. but the way she talks and the way she's like we belong to the front and you belong to the rear and all this kind of it's all very poetic in a way. Yeah. Um. But the guys want to take the engine Like, every couple of years there's a revolt and they want Whoever takes the engine rules the world, essentially. Yes, they control the
1: Which, uh, speaking of Tilda Swinton, that, that character and, and uh, others like it throughout the movie leads me to the main problem I have with this film in that the way it's shot, the way it's put together, is a very grounded reality. Mm-hmm. But the story itself and the characters themselves and the different locations on the train are really heightened, sort of almost cartoonish... When they get near the Terry Gilliam esque yeah. Brazil kind of world, I was thinking that. And so the the grounded reality of the the, the film style doesn't really fit the craziness of the tone of the, the the train. There's
0: not really enough decay in the upper classes. Like there's there's a societal decay and moral decay, but there's not enough wear and tear up there. For 15 years, they're yeah. still at the hair salons.
1: Yeah, it it look, like I said, it's like Terry Gilliam. It's yeah. that kind of absurdist kind of. So uh, they try. Yeah. Chris
0: Evans is the leader of the gang, and uh, I mean the cast. is mean John Hurt's in it as a, a former yep. kind of leader, revolutionary. Jamie leader. Bell
1: is, is uh, uh, Chris Evans sort of second in command. I mean it's got a great cast. There's a, what's his, there's and a the dude from the host is in it as well.
0: Yeah, the dude from the host is the there's a security the, guy. There's there's a, there's a fuel. There's a byproduct of the engine that's called. What was it? The I don't know. It's like a coal-like substance in which people yeah, use as drugs. people use it to get high, but it's highly explosive. And uh, the guy from the host is the the security expert who's been chucked out for. Like prison in this place is a drawer. You, play, they put you They lock you in a fucking drawer. Yeah. Um. So they need him to in order to bypass the doors to get to the front. Right. Um. There's a guy, Luke Pasqualino. is called. he's very guy who Gray, who doesn't say anything, but he's just a fucking ninja. Yes. The, the track-suited ninja guy. Yes. His scenes are awesome, and there's just there's, there's so many hints of awesomeness in this. Like just the relationship with him and John Hurt is just given in like three looks. Yeah. And it just speaks to volumes. Um. This is the Chris Evans cast. Chris Evans is the leader of the, the so-called leader of the gang. He's hardly convicted when you find out why it's gross. There's so many horrors that get revealed along the way.
1: Yeah. Of um, the life that they've led, the things that they've done in yeah. order to survive. I mean, nobody's really clean in this movie. There yes. is not really an innocent. Everybody has done terrible things to survive. But I mean, I like to look
0: at. I mean, apart from the look of the, the carriage and certainly, the effects are quite well done, the train and what's going on outside something like that. When it gets to the end, there is an architect moment, shall we say. Yes. Um, and the ending is, it's when you look back and it's like, ah. It's similar to what we said earlier. It's, it's almost like a uh, Outer Limits story. I wouldn't say, a, a, it's not as good as a Twilight story. Twilight Zone story. The Twilight twi- story. Twilight? Fuck. A Twilight Zone story, but it's not, you know, it's more in the Outer Limits territory. Where did it gone with it? It's like, ah, that's where they've gone.
1: And I also felt that the whole build up. The the, 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 the the conclusion didn't really match the build-up. Mm. It's like we're building up to this. Okay. And there's, I mean, yeah, the builds up to the
0: point, instead of the climactic, there's a climactic fight scene, but before that, there was a good five minutes just heart-to-heart. Yeah. Um, I think those, the music was quite good as well, I think, on this. There was, there was a theme that was running short that stuck in my head for days after watching it. I don't remember. it. No. Uh, I mean, it's an interesting thing, Is that you don't see many movies, made, Korean movies based on French comic books. It's already out on DVD in France. There's a, a DVD box set with the making of and everything out there. Oh, okay. Um, It's an interesting watch. It might become one of those cult classics as it goes on. I would watch it again.
1: My point of view, it's an interesting movie that doesn't quite work, but, Mm -hmm. I mean, at least they're trying. It's something new. It's something you haven't really – it's not something you see all the time.
0: And it's worth it alone for Tilda Swinton's performance. And I think Alison Pill as well is that wacky teacher. Alison
1: Pill is fantastic. For me, she kind of stole the movie. Yeah, Yeah, and when she she just
0: turns. Yeah. I thought that was great. But, yeah,
1: so that
0: is the end of our show. Uh, Thanks for listening. If you made it this far, we'll finish off with the Malaysian and U.S. box office top 10s. Cool. I was here a minute ago. (laughs) Live radio.
1: Yes. I'll vamp until uh, you, you load it up. I think you're not supposed to say you're not a vamp when you're vamping, right? Oh, really? I should just vamp? Yeah. Well, see, by discussing the idea of whether I should say vamp or not vamp, I have been vamping. It's
0: inside baseball, dude. Don't. <laughs> we've gone too far down the rabbit hole.
1: <laughs> Amateurs. Anyway.
0: <laughs> All right, what's the top 10? Ah, uh, the Malaysia box office top 10. At number 10, we've got 3M Part 2. Never heard of that. No, nope, no clue. Number 9, Man Karate. Nope. Number 8, Tokarev, which I skipped out and go into the preview of because it looked like another one of Ke- uh, Nicolas Cage's Nicolas shit movies. Of which there are many. Of many, yeah. Number 7, I've been napping. Delete my love. No clue. No clue. Mm-hmm. You can have you can do the next one.
1: <laughs> uh Tenali ten-na-la, Rama. Tenali Rama. The fact that we can't pronounce it obviously means we have no idea what it is. Yeah, it could is. be Indian movie. Oculus. No, number five is Oculus. Uh, you see it? I haven't seen it. It's, I want to see it. It's got a pretty good cast. It's got uh, uh, Karen. Starbuck from uh, yeah. Battlestar. Yeah, and it's
0: got Karen Gillen from Doctor, Doctor
1: Who. Doctor Who. And yeah, so I'll check it out. Okay, I think I got some good
0: reviews. I'm not sure. Katie Sackhoff is the other yeah, guy. Katie yeah, Katie Sackhoff. It kind of looks all right. Um, number four, Captain America the Winter Soldier still hanging in there. Which we liked. Number three, Transcendence. Piece of shit. Number two, Rio 2, still haven't seen Rio 1. No interest. No interest in these fucking bluebirds. At uh, number one, Iceman, which is I, I saw the poster for this. Have you seen this? Wait, is this the
1: Chris Evans? No. It's a different
0: one. Yeah. Okay. It's like uh, I think it's Dun Ian again or something like that. It's some it just shows a guy in armor looking like Prince of Persia but with the Golden Gate Bridge behind him or something.
1: I think I saw a trailer for this. Yeah. He's like a Chinese warrior who's transported to modern times. That would make sense.
0: Yeah, he's an he's, ancient he's
1: Chinese warrior. He travels through time to modern times to fight like an evil wizard. Okay. But so don't, so don't quote me on it. It's so a Warlock, probably. Was it Warlock? Yes, Warlock with Richard E. Grant as a Barber, Scottish barbarian. Yeah, yeah, I
0: always forget that it was Richard E. Grant. And uh, Julian Sands' is Creepo Fantastico. It's the Warlock. Yeah.
1: That's terrible.
0: It's a terrible yeah. film. But that
1: birth scene is still disturbing. Yeah, it's gross.
0: It still fun. haunts my dreams. In the U.S. box office top ten, number ten, we've got Peabody and Sherman. I heard that's all
1: right. I've heard good things. I haven't seen it. Number nine, Muppets Most Wanted. Not out here yet. I think it's out this weekend. Yeah. Uh, I, again, I never, I've never. i never been a big Muppets fan. Except really? for the first, I like the first Muppets movie, the one with Orson Welles. The one with the, Rain- the, the, the Rainbow the Connection. The Muppet movie, I think that the one Muppet was, right? And then there was the
0: Muppet Caper, then there was the Muppet Sacred Manhattan. So is that the one riding along, rolling along in the car with it the fuzzy. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Muppet they, movie? They get, the get to, they get to Orson Welles at the end. Yes. The studio. Prepare
1: the standard rich and famous contract. The last one?
0: The Muppets, the Muppets, yeah, the one that came out last year a couple of years ago, yeah, <coughs> that one has the standard Richard Famous contract in it.
2: Nice,
1: okay, I gotta see that. One. So you,
0: you should see that. The other one is pretty good. I've heard this one is not quite as good. I mean, Jason Segel did a really good job putting it together. He wrote the music as well, didn't he? Yeah. Oh no, the music was um, it was Brett from um, the White Flight, White of the, the Concourse. Okay. He did the music for this as well, though, apparently. Oh, okay. Apparently, it's just it's not quite as good because the first one was so. Muppity. Yeah. It's really good. I really enjoyed it. You should watch it. Uh, number eight, the Grand Budapest Hotel. That uh, is out here. I completely missed a I tried to, to watch
1: it. I couldn't find it. Yeah. Apparently, it was Internet showing it. Yeah, they were showing it in like the special sort of like foreign national language, cinema. International yeah. cinema. But it's Wes Anderson and I love him. Yeah. I, 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 I
0: haven't seen Moonrise Kingdom.
1: Moonrise Kingdom is fantastic. I think Moonrise Kingdom and uh, Royal Tenenbaums are his best films.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, well, you don't like Fantastic Mr. Fox? Oh, yeah. No, that's good too. I love that. The little cuss. Yeah, you little cuss. This is like, the, get the cuss out of here. <laughs> and number six, Divergent. Again, I couldn't uh, muster any. the
1: God's Not Oh, Dead. sorry, number
0: seven, God's Not Dead.
1: Christian movie, don't care.
0: No. Uh, number six, Divergent. Um, Knock off. Yeah. I've
1: heard middling people
0: saying it's better than it should be, but also not.
1: It is from the director of The Illusionist, Neil Berger.
0: Mm. I like his stuff, so who
1: knows? I'll check it out. Mm.
0: Apparently, the post-apocalyptic, not post-apocalyptic, but you know, the society they set out to destroy isn't so bad. Oh really? So it doesn't make that day. so. I heard someone say like it's like well, it doesn't look so bad. Everyone's
1: happy. We're to yeah. destroy it. Okay.
0: Um, numbers five, Noah, band in Malaysia.
1: Yes, because he was a prophet, and you can't show visual representations of the prophet according of a prophet. Yeah. According to Islam. Yeah, but he was also Robin Hood. So come on. <laughs> I'll, I'll,
0: I'll see. It at some point. He like, was Maximus. Yeah. Also, also uh, bad was the right too, which is pain in the ass. They banned it. Yeah. Shit, I don't they know. banned it on the day of release. It was supposed to be two weeks ago. Fuck. That was I, that was in the news, but I forgot to mention that because I was really looking forward to that movie.
1: Why, why did they ban it? I mean, it's just violence. You know, yeah, but they don't usually ban stuff for violence. They ban sex and they ban religious shit. Yeah, I know. It's just bad news. All right. And uh, before draft day, Kevin Costner's attempt to become a leading man once again. It's supposed to be, you know, decent reviews. It's meant to be sort of like you know, a movie for middle-aged sports fans. Oh,
0: Kevin, I like it. Is there is there a love story involved? I don't know. Kevin loves old people having love stories.
1: Uh, <laughs> okay. I don't know why he just does <laughs> all, people all, right.
0: yeah. uh, all people in love yeah old people in love yeah uh, number three is Oculus doing well in the US number two is Rio 2 and his number one is Captain America with his soldier because it came out two weeks after Malaysia suck it <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll try and get back with a new podcast soon we'll let you know on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Prime. Uh, have you anything you want to plug uh, uh,
1: Keep your eye out for uh, my animated show that I've written called Rimba Racer, to be released sometime in 2014. 2014, definitely? Yes, it's going to be released this year, maybe near the end of this year. Uh, s- perhaps, hopefully, in a country that you live in.
0: Ah, that'll be handy. That'll be good. Yeah, I'd like to see it. Or worse comes to worse. Considering I've been waiting Six years to get a copy of War of the Worlds Goliath so I can look at my two scenes. Um, that's quicker for me. And remember, I'm in memorizer as well. Yes.
1: So. Ian plays a pretty
2: major character in the show. Yeah, so should be cool. All right. All right. Thanks a lot for listening. Thanks, guys.